Listening to Grow on the Go. Right. We're still up to our eyeballs in pandemic world. Yeah, we sure are. We sure are. This uh, We're recording this uh, about a month early, a little over a month early. So hopefully we're less up to our eyes in pandemic world. I but I don't think so. everything's going away in a month. Yeah, no, no, I don't think so. Yeah. The vaccine rollout seems to be slower than they were expecting. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I um I went to the doctor recently just to get some prescriptions refilled and she asked me a very interesting question. She said, "What have been the gifts of the pandemic for you?" Hmm. What 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 are the gifts that COVID has had for you? What a mindful doctor. I know. What'd you say? Um, I had to really think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been you've you've struggled particularly hard. I would assume largely because you really, really struggle to get through winters as it is. As yeah. it is, yeah. You you've got you've got seasonal affective disorder. Yeah, and hard. So, and so to not have um, the distractions of friends and family mm-hmm. gatherings and all kinds of things is really hard. And my 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 painting collective can't meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't go to church. I can't go to the gym. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's it's not been easy. But um, and we can all list our losses, right? Yeah, yeah. There's endless mm-hmm. losses, but. But we tend not to think about the gifts. So mm-hmm. can you think of any gifts of COVID for you? Yes, I can. Before I do, though, I, I want to, because, of course, everything with me has a caveat. I do want to say that it is okay to mourn the things that you've oh, lost. Oh, absolutely. We're not saying, like, focus on the positive. You're allowed to be sad about the things that you've lost due to the pandemic. Yeah. I think there's a, sometimes we tend towards, not like you and I, but like society tends towards like toxic positivity culture mm. um, and we don't give ourselves the chance to grieve. So you are allowed to grieve. Yeah. But some of the gifts that I've gotten from the pandemic, I was able to spend five months with my husband, which we originally planned one. And uh, for context, we've been married for coming up on three years now. And uh, as of August, lived together for uh, three Eight months. Wow. Uh, and not your choice, obviously. Not by choice. No, no. This no. is not a choice. So that was certainly a gift. I love working from home. Um, it is... It takes less energy for me. So my house is clean right now, which is not a super common thing for me. And it's stayed clean. Um, yeah, I'm sleeping more. They've, they've been gifts. Yeah. So those are some of, some of mine, too. More sleep, time to process life mm-hmm. and, and kind of reorder priorities a little bit. Um, we had a less chaotic Christmas. Actually, oh, yeah. Our Christmas this year was probably maybe my all-time favorite. Yeah. We love our family very much, and we're very blessed to have lots of extended family in, like, close by to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And so we have always made a point of seeing everybody at least once, if not multiple and times, it's chaos. over two days. It's and it's so been, busy. It's crazy busy. And 
this was the first year that wasn't crazy busy. And, and we, it was yeah, so we couldn't, nice. We couldn't be with extended family. Yeah. So it really was quite wonderful. And we laughed so hard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot awesome. about that. I haven't <laughs> laughed like that for a really long time. Well, we were playing dominoes and mom asked a question that had a relatively obvious answer. And so I gave her the relatively obvious answer in what I thought was just giving the answer. And she insisted I was being very snotty. Yes. And I'm like... I don't know how else you want me to communicate this very basic information to you. And then, and then the other thing that was hilarious was Kendall kept getting doubles. And, yeah, which and which was absolutely destroying her husband's yeah, game. Yeah, it, it accelerates your game quite a bit, especially when you play them the way she did, which ruins everyone else's game. <laughs> so we laughed very oh, I can't believe how many doubles she got. Like, yeah, that was seriously. wild. That was insane. <laughs> nothing nothing like listening to a podcast where people recount family game night. <laughs> anyway, it Christmas was, was one of the gifts of COVID, I mm-hmm. would say. Agreed. Um, the opportunity for to us. Just, yeah, for, for us. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely not for it's everyone. It's been very I've hard got, for some yeah, people. Yeah, I've got friends who are like all alone. Mm-hmm. Um, the opportunity to do some home improvements was great. Um, still is great, I guess. Um, we painted a bathroom New Year's Day. What a way to celebrate. <laughs> um, more discretionary time. I've got a new friendship that's grown deeper because right mm. at the beginning of, of COVID, we decided we were going to be in a bubble. Oh. And so we've done lots of stuff together. We ca- we've camped together. We've done lots of outdoor um, gather, you know, gatherings around a fire pit, mm-hmm. and 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 really, the friendship has gone quite deep in a way that probably wouldn't if we'd if been there able was to see all to kinds do, yeah. of other friends, right? Um, weekends at home, um, not being away speaking, although I'm really missing that. Yeah, you like speaking. <laughs> I do. Let's not get it twisted. I do. And also, I had the summer with my husband, who's normally away speaking at youth camps pretty much all summer long. Mm-hmm. So, um, those have been the gifts. Um, but I, I feel like we tend to process life pretty myopically. You know, we, we see how things affect us personally mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent, the people that we love. We, we keenly feel the loss of income or the loss of our ability to travel. Um, we grieve not being able to be with family and friends or go to church or the gym. Mm-hmm. That's the level we naturally digest what's going on in the world, yep. right? How does it affect me? How does it affect the people I love? But eventually, you know, we may get around to realizing people in the developing world are being pushed to the brink of starvation mm-hmm. by the pandemic. And people, even people in our own communities, are going without. They're going hungry. We may try hard to support local shops and restaurants to help them survive the economic repercussions of the, of the shutdowns. But today I want to challenge us to look at an even bigger picture. Is God behind the pandemic? What do you think? Oof. Oof. I, hmm. So my very infantile Mm -hmm. understanding of most things is bad things, bad as if anything is that simple, but bad things are a product of the fall. They're a product of sin entering the world. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, that opened the door for bad things yes. to happen. Including viruses. Yeah, including global pandemics. Now, God doesn't make those things happen. They are a direct result of sin in the world, being in the world. 
product of the fall is the phrase that I use Mm -hmm. usually. Mm -hmm. But God can leverage the things, the bad things, the, the products of the fall for the ultimate good of an individual or a group or everybody. Yeah, I think you explained that beautifully. Did I? Oh, yes, good. Yes, I, I think, you know, I would say that the pandemic isn't God's fault. Yeah. Viruses are as a result of sin in the world, but he is ultimately in control of it. Mm-hmm. He could stop it. I don't know if he will or when he will, but I do believe with all my heart that he'll redeem it. In other words, he has a purpose in it that will be for the ultimate good of humankind and will bring God honor. And that can be very hard to hear. I want to acknowledge that could be very hard to mm-hmm. hear, especially if you've lost someone. Yeah, absolutely. It, hearing like God will make this into a good thing, I'd be mad. I'd be like, excuse you. <laughs> like that would suck. Yeah. So. Yeah. I want to acknowledge that that might be really hard to hear. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. And you can be mad at us. That's allowed. Yeah, absolutely. But just try and stay with us for yeah. a little while. Yeah, bear with us. Yeah. Um, I think that God has a purpose in the pandemic mm-hmm. that will be for the ultimate good of, of humankind. Um, but it may not be obvious for generations what that purpose is. And that's hard. Yeah. We're, having to, we're left just having to trust God to be as wise and as good as he claims to be and as compassionate and kind as those who have walked with him for a long time know that he is. I, I was reminded of how God's ways are so much bigger than our own just um, a week or two ago when I was reading Mark 8 in my quiet time. The story or the backstory to the, the part that we're going to read is that Jesus and his disciples are in Caesarea Philippi. It's a notoriously pagan region. And sorry, biblically, mm-hmm. pagan does not necessarily mean the same as like the modern religion pagan. Right. Right. So it would be, um, well, it, I, it is related. It's it's worship that- of nature, worship of idols. Okay. Um, but it, it was accompanied by a whole lot of immorality yeah. at that time. Okay. So um, Jesus asks the disciples who they think he is. And Peter, being Peter, <laughs> boldly states that he is the Messiah. Now, from our perspective on this side of Jesus' resurrection and the Jesus movement that became the church— We have a more accurate take of the word Messiah, uh, what Jesus meant by the word Messiah. We know that it means the one who saved us from our sins. Mm -hmm. Jesus' disciples, on the other hand, had the perspective of their day. They filtered the prophecies they'd grown up learning about the Messiah through the grid of their own circumstances of being a a nation under hostile occupation. Mm -hmm. Being saved to them meant liberation from the Roman oppressors, which... Joke's on you guys. That's, that's going to stick around for a minute. <laughs> well, ultimately, ultimately, Christianity outlasted the Roman Empire. But it did, yes. But it, that's, not, that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. So what the disciples were doing is something that we tend to do. They shrunk the grand purposes of God to solve what was painful to them in the present. Mm-hmm. And I do that. Oh, yeah, me too. You know, earlier in the pandemic, all my prayers on the topic of the pandemic were centered on, you know, first of all, finding a vaccine and better mm. treatments and meeting our financial needs because all of our speaking engagements were canceled. Um, later, when I realized how COVID was affected, affecting the majority world, I began praying for the enormous needs around the globe. Mm-hmm. 
But it took me a few months to get to the place that it occurred to me that that God might be at work in the pandemic, mm -hmm. that there might be a bigger picture. And that's when I started praying the prayer that never fails, which is your will be done. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because and this is a little bit short sighted as well. But as you're talking about that, my thought is um, now more than ever, people have been paying more attention to racial inequality yeah. in particularly the United States, but North America in general, oh, yeah. because there's not a whole lot else to do. People are paying attention. And that, it, a lot of awful things have happened. Um, people have been injured or killed. Um, and, you know, wh however you feel about riots, like, that's a different conversation. But people are paying attention and taking notice. And that has to be a good thing. Yeah, I'm sure that is one way that God is redeeming yeah. the pandemic. Sitting us all down and going, hey, There's, pay attention. This isn't the only thing that's wrong in the world. Yeah. 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 And that's and that's still just in my backyard. Right. Like, that's close. That's not even global. Right. Yeah. But in, in Mark 8.31, the disciples was, were still very much stuck in the small picture. Why don't you read um, read that verse in the New Living Translation? Sure. Mm -hmm. Then Jesus began to tell them that the Son of Man must suffer many terrible things and be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but three days later, he would rise from the dead. So let me just interrupt you and explain that um, when Jesus calls himself the Son of Man— He's communicating something really important. He's referring to the prophecy in Daniel 7, 13 to 14, which says, As my vi vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient one and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that the people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will, be, will never be destroyed. So by, by referring to this title, Son of Man, mm -hmm. Jesus is trying to help his disciples grasp the scale of his kingdom. And also, it me. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, continue reading in 32, if you would. As he talked about this openly with his disciples, Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Oh, Peter. Jesus turned around and looked at his disciple, then reprimanded Peter. Get away from me, Satan, he said. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Oof, imagine the punch in the chest. I know, Jesus right? calls you Satan. Ouch. Dude. And of course Peter was seeing things from a human point of view. He's human. He's a human. He's a human human. <laughs> but that doesn't stop Jesus from chastising him pretty harshly. And while I'm sure he wants Peter to understand that he really does have to suffer and die, He's really addressing Satan, who actually gets the gravity of Jesus' mission mm -hmm. and is doing everything in his power to get Jesus to abort the mission. So how are we seeing from a human point of view to the exclusion of God's? Mm. How are we doing it in this pandemic? Maybe, maybe you've been hearing of amazing things God's doing because of the pandemic. Honestly, I haven't heard a lot. <laughs> and I wasn't aware of them until I started looking for them. Well, I found some really cool things God's doing through the pandemic. 
For example, in Colombia, the Church of Jesus is experiencing revival. Juan Carlos Soto, a leader in the Nazarene Church, decided, along with others, that during the pandemic, they'd spend one hour in prayer every day. When the article I read on the revival was written, they were in their 26th week of daily prayer. Nice. Many of the churches have uh, in, in that region that are supervised by, by this man named Juan, um, they, they have several prayer groups during the week. Some of them have groups every day at dawn. They pray for heart change in themselves and in others. They pray for families and the struggles that families are going through. Uh, they pray for the local church and the national church. They pray for their national and local authorities, that God will grant them wisdom to lead. And they pray for requests uh, for the sick and for those who are hurting that come in um, on Facebook live chat. They attribute this revival that they're experiencing to prayer. In spite of having to have services online, their church is growing. Nice. They're seeing people who left the church come back to faith, and people who never had an interest before um, are becoming passionate followers of Jesus. And, and that's not the only place this is happening. In Iran, one of the most dangerous places in the world to be a Christian, thousands of people have come to faith in Jesus over the past few months. In fact, Christianity is growing faster in Iran than anywhere else in the world, according to the Christian Broadcast Network. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's an incredible revival happening in this country. Uh, there's so much unrest, but roughly 3,000 Muslims a month have turned away from their religion and chosen Christianity since the pandemic started back in March. Goodness. Amazing. That's wild. Mike Ansari runs the most popular Christian satellite channel in Iran. It's called Mohabbat TV. And he calls what's happening there a pandemic of hope. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's redemption. Because people are having to work from home, and this is so cool, the government has had to increase their internet bandwidth. Mm -hmm. As a result... Many people are going online to search alternatives to what they've always accepted as truth. Nice. And what they're finding is hope in Jesus. I love that. <laughs> Mahabit TV is recording 10 times more online salvations than last year. Online salvation. That's a hilarious term. Well, and it's funny because, like, <laughs> this is very much like... <clears throat> In marketing, you would call that anytime you basically get what you want, it's a conversion. Right. If a client calls, uh, if a client calls you and that's what you wanted, it's a conversion. If a client clicks a link and that's what you wanted, it's a conversion. And this so we call it a conversion rate, and their conversion rate is is Actually growing. A conversion rate. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Now, obviously, in places like Iran, hope and faith come with a price. Of course, many Christians have been arrested and imprisoned for embracing Jesus' story. Ansari uh, urges us to pray for the new Christians. He says, we're asking the international church to pray for Iran's church because it's fighting for its survival. So, you know, you may not be able to see anything like revival in your community. But there are some things we can do to join God in his pandemic purposes. So what are some of the things that you can think of that we could do? Um, well, I was actually just going to ask you, like, how you found out about this, because part of it is to keep an eye open for need mm -hmm. and keep an eye open beyond your backyard. Yeah. Right. Like, yes, absolutely. Pray for like the political unrest in, in the United States to 
settle and for positive momentum, like forward motion to come from it. But mm-hmm. um, but also like, yeah, praying for Christians in Iran and and. So, like, how did you... I just searched online. I just, uh, you know, Googled things like um, revival in pandemic or what is God doing in the pandemic, Mm. things like that. And and I just spent very little time, honestly, and found these two incredible examples very quickly. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's what I would say. Look for opportunities um, and listen for opportunities to... See what God is doing and and thank him and also look for suffering. It's not hard. Mm -hmm. You don't have to look far, but I would encourage you to look far. So obviously we can pray for new Christians around the world, Mm -hmm. like in Colombia and Iran, uh, many of whom have to pay a price that we can't even imagine Mm -hmm. for believing in Jesus and even associating with with others who follow him. Mm Mm-hmm. And as you said, we can pray for our own community and look for ways to serve those with needs. Um, The church that I'm part of has been really active in supplying food to the resource poor in our community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Just before Christmas, one of our pastors, a young woman named Brianna, was delivering a, a food hamper to a home in a really rough neighborhood that's not far from our church. And as she chatted a little bit with the woman who answered the door, Brianna found out that the woman's daughter had just attempted suicide. Ugh. So Brianna offered her contact information in case there was anything she could do to help. And the very next day, that woman phoned her and asked if she could have a Bible. God is at work. Mm-hmm. You had a really interesting opportunity just recently. You have to leave quickly today because you have to do what? There's a, you want um, to do what? Yeah, it's funny. I did the exact same thing. I said, I have to do. And then I said, no, I'm going to do. I don't have to. Um, There is a couple of people who I apparently have nowhere else to stay. Do you know if it's just because of COVID or since COVID? I don't know. I I didn't ask. Yeah. Didn't, yeah, seem appropriate. Um, But they're, either way, they're living in uh, the parking structure that... I park my car in, which is covered but not closed. Right. It's and it's gotta be winter. Yeah. Um, and they've been sleeping there um, under piles of blankets. So today before I left, I asked them if there was anything I could get them. They said more blankets are always good. I'm also gonna I'm gonna stop by IKEA and get them some blankets and some big tote bags to carry their stuff around. Um, and. Yeah, try to be Jesus as much as I can. Get them a food gift card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just try to be Jesus as much as I can because you saw me naked and you clothed me. You That's right. saw me hungry and you fed me. Yeah. That's what we're called to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think when we're meeting somebody's physical needs, they're going to be a lot more interested in hearing what we have to say about their spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They might even ask why you're doing that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's you, It's very easy to be focused on self-preservation, too. I'm very privileged. My income has not been affected by the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually been promoted over the pandemic. I got a big raise. Yeah. Um, I... A, a, proportionate raise but yeah a raise um 
And so I'm I'm certainly very blessed, but you know, my my rent isn't cheap and I don't really cook, so food is on the expensive side uh for me. And you know, I'm I'm very much trying to be careful with money, but I can just maybe make some sandwiches for a few weeks and also get these people some blankets mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. they're sleeping outside. I don't have a room for them to sleep in, but I can get them some blankets. Mm-hmm. So, What it, if there's a way you could store their stuff that they need mm-hmm. at night so that they don't have to schlep it around all day? Maybe. Like even in the trunk of your car or the back of your car. That's not a bad idea, actually. I wonder if there's a way for me to leave that unlocked. Um, that might not be the best idea. But anyway, you'll figure it out. Well, they wouldn't be able to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, not because I wouldn't trust them, but there's other people. There's other people that yeah. have tried to steal my car or break yeah. into my car. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. let's not invite them in. Yeah. Uh, um, another way that I, I think we can look beyond our own little losses or whatever is to make regular phone calls to the people that God puts on our hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, find out how they're really doing. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you'll have an opportunity to pray for somebody or to share the ways that God's showing up for you. Yeah. You know, I um, I find people rarely will say no when you ask if you can pray for them. Mm-hmm. In fact, I don't know if it's ever happened to me. <laughs> I know it's happened. It's never happened to me. Yeah. And even people who've been very badly treated by the church, mm-hmm. um, people in the LGBTQIA2S community um, who I know have been quite badly hurt by the church. I've said to them, like, look, you're on my heart. Is there anything I can pray for mm. you for? Um, and they've been very receptive. Wow. That's, yeah. it, it is kind of amazing. And I I had a phone call with someone recently, and I asked if I could pray for her. And by the time I was finished, she was just sobbing. Aww. And it just obviously meant a great deal. Mm-hmm. So let's... Let's just um, require a little bit more of ourselves. Yeah. Take take some risks. Yep. That does not mean you can't, you know, honor and acknowledge what you've lost because you have. Of course. Um, Especially if you've lost someone, Mm. if you've lost a person to COVID. That's hard. I just found out yesterday uh, my friend's mom died. And she was lovely. I knew her. She was used to always come... uh, she lived, doesn't even live in our city, mm-hmm. uh, but she would come for every art show. She would come for our fundraisers when we were raising money together for um, a child survival program. Yeah. Um, just a lovely, lovely lady. And uh, she she had some other issue she yeah. went to hospital for, and that and with, they tested her. And, um, they yeah, know she, and had she died of COVID. Shoot. So, yeah, there is loss out there, and we do want to acknowledge that for yeah. sure. Mm. So, but so, at the same time, um, we did a show once called um, Leveraging Pain, mm-hmm. and we go more into detail about that there. But um, one of the best ways to work through grief is to meet other people's needs. And it sounds v- very much like a platitude, but it's not. It's not. It's it a real works. Thing. It actually produces these tiny explosions of joy in us when mm-hmm. we can meet somebody else's need. Yeah. Uh, another thing that we'll encourage you to do is listen to our next chair show. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be the last Tuesday of every month. And, and ask God who in your world needs to hear it. Yeah. Share it and then follow up with a conversation. Yeah. God is at work during this pandemic. Let's not allow the losses we've sustained to shrink our perspective so that we miss what he's doing. That's 
pretty close to it for us today on Grow on the Go. Please do remember to follow us on social media, uh, Grow on the Go Pod, I believe. Yes. On Instagram yep. and Twitter too, I think. Um, not so sure about Twitter. Well, Instagram for sure. Um, <laughs> and Facebook, of course. Yeah, and Facebook. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, but until then, I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter, inviting you to Grow on the Go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.